Kentucky basketball's game against Louisville on Wednesday night has been postponed due to COVID-19 issues within the Louisville basketball program. SEC bowl season is about to begin. What are some of the matchups in the SEC East? Kentucky basketball has made a slight jump in the AP Top 25. We take a look at the rankings and discuss whether or not Kentucky is being given a fair shake. All of that and more coming up on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, also host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama, also writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. All right, jam-packed episode today for you guys. Going to be talking about a lot of different things at the top here. Obviously, Kentucky basketball's game against the Louisville Cardinals on Wednesday was canceled due to COVID-19 concerns. My sources have been telling me that uh, that Louisville just simply did not want the smoke. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But Kentucky right now trying to find a replacement. So today... As of the time of, at the time of this recording, it is 5.05 on Monday, we are 55 minutes away from the announcement of that team. And it's most likely going to be either Wisconsin, Gonzaga. I believe those are the two names that I've, th- I've seen thrown out the most. I know Bellarmine was a team that was uh, immediately being looked at uh, to be played, but that was quickly shut down early Monday afternoon. So we're going to take a look at some of the potential uh, names here that Kentucky could play. And I really want to focus in on Wisconsin because I do believe that uh, that, that is the, uh, the team that Kentucky is going to be playing. So again, just in case you did not see it, Kentucky was a place, uh, supposed to play Louisville. They are not going to play Louisville on Wednesday because of COVID-19 cancellations, and it's canceling things left and right. And uh, you know what? It's just the way it is at this point. Let's see if Kentucky can find another uh, opponent. All right. Tyler Thompson of Kentucky Sports Radio does fantastic work over there on, uh, on three. Put together a list of every single team that uh, does not have a uh, – uh, that does not have a team – on schedule to uh, to play uh, because of COVID-19 issues with their opponent. Now, there are 33 teams out right now uh, in, in Division I college basketball that, uh, that cannot play uh, basketball because they themselves have issues within, uh, within their program uh, with COVID-19. So Texas is a team that, all, uh, that, uh, that uh, Kentucky could play, but they have been ruled out according to Miss Thompson. Gonzaga is on the list. UConn is on the list. Iona is there. Western Kentucky, Creighton, Oklahoma State, and then Wisconsin. Those are the teams that you could potentially see uh, see Kentucky tackle on Wednesday. And we're just going to go through here, quickly look at some of them and, and get a look at what they could do in terms of quality of win for the Kentucky Wildcats. So starting here at the top of the list, Gonzaga uh, would obviously be a huge game for, for the uh, Wildcats, although I will say Coach Cal said earlier uh, earlier today that they are going to get an opponent that is not necessarily, I mean, it's a good opponent, but it's not one that is uh, like 
blow your socks off impressive. So I think Gonzaga's out of the, the out of the uh, question. Currently ranked number four in the AP poll, nine and two. Uh, they are uh, would be a massive quad one win. Uh, they have Northern Arizona th- later on this uh, this week. Or excuse me, they have Northern Arizona tonight. So by the time this recording comes out, they will have already have played. So UConn is another team that uh, Kentucky could play. Uh, let's see. UConn on their schedule, they play Marquette on uh, on today, actually, on Tuesday. Uh, it does not look like Kentucky would likely play play UConn because who is going to play a game again on the road at Marquette and then potentially either get home and play a Kentucky squad that is rolling right now, essentially, or why would they go fly to Lexington uh, to go to go to Rupp Arena? And I'm sure fans would definitely show up for that matchup if UConn played Kentucky. Iona, uh, we talked about this last week whenever uh, the Ohio State game was canceled. We were talking about how uh, potentially Iona could be a team that Kentucky uh, eventually matches up with. Uh, but the, I, honestly, I don't know if that's going to happen. Similar to the UConn situation, uh, Iona plays Delaware today. Uh, so I don't think that they would necessarily be willing to commit to playing a game and then playing a v- another game against a much more difficult opponent uh, on the, uh, on the very next day. So Western Kentucky, I think, would be an interesting uh, interesting opponent. They are currently eight and four. Uh, they've lost to Minnesota, South Carolina, Memphis, and Buffalo. They play Austin P on Wednesday, um, but their schedule their schedule to play uh, Austin P. But the governors have issues with COVID right now, so they could potentially have to reschedule that game, leading to a Kentucky-Western-Kentucky matchup. I personally think that would be interesting. They have a 7-foot-5 center that leads the nation in blocks. He would be really fun to watch. That, personally, for me, would just be entertaining basketball. Creighton Blue Jays, Blue Jays excuse me. they don't have a game this week, currently 9-3. and three. Uh, they, uh, they could be a, a potential option for the Kentucky Wildcats. And honestly, this may be what Cal was talking about whenever he said, yeah, it's a good opponent, but it's not like a crazy great opponent. Uh, Creighton is a quad, would be a quad two win. So I, I can I can definitely see this being uh, potentially on the schedule. So uh, that that probably is one of the more likely candidates. But again, by the time this recording comes out, You'll, you'll have already known. I apologize. I can't uh, get this recording to you before I know that information. Oklahoma State uh, would be an interesting opponent. Currently uh, currently at 7-4 and four would be a quad two win. They were going to play Southern Cal this week, but that game is canceled because uh, USC is dealing with uh, COVID issues. Oklahoma State, not what they were last season, obviously without Cade Cunningham at the helm. They are trying to recoup uh, from, from uh, losing him. I think that would be a really fun matchup, very similar to the North Carolina situation where it's just it's, it's a team that's normally a solid program, uh, but this year I don't necessarily think that they are going to... Uh, I don't think they're do, going to do a lot of fantastic things in the postseason. That's just my opinion. All right, final uh, team here, Wisconsin. 9-2. and two. They were going to play or- Morgan State, not Oregon State, Morgan State, uh, this week. That game was canceled due to COVID. So... Uh, Wisconsin currently ranked at number 24 in the AP poll. We're going to talk about the AP top 25 later on in the show. Uh, they are ranked 29th in the net. Again, like I mentioned, nine and two. They have lost to Providence, saw a basketball team, and number 21 Ohio State. This is the game that I believe is most likely going to happen, uh, and I definitely think that the Badgers would po- uh, would pose uh, some legitimate issues for the Wildcats because of the experience that Wisconsin has just about all over the court. Brad Davidson. 
uh, is still there for the uh, for the Badgers. He's he's been there for what feels like forever. He's their senior shooting guard. Literally been there since 2017. Uh, yeah, so he's been there forever. They have a very very solid defense. They only give up about 61 point yeah 61.2 points per game. Uh, very very solid there. They don't play. They don't have a. Um, they don't statistically they don't have a very impressive offense. They're scoring less than seventy a game. They're only shooting twenty nine percent from three, which is just. Um, uh, for lack of a better term, abysmal. Um, but, yeah, I th- definitely think that Wisconsin would be a really good opponent because what did Kentucky do really well this past game against North Carolina that they've not really done well this season? Well, they've made their threes and they, they attacked the rim better, I think, than they than they have in games past. Wisconsin, I definitely think, could take some of those things away given their defensive prowess. They've always kind of been a defensive-minded team. I definitely think that could be a really difficult matchup for for, uh, for the Wildcats, especially, even if it is at home. It's going to get a lot of attention. It's going to get a lot of eyes drawn to it. But how does Kentucky respond after having their, what is arguably, I mean, all things considered, it's probably not the best percentage they've shot from three, but against the caliber of opponent that they played, it's definitely very solid. What, what was arguably their 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 hottest streak uh, of any game this season, shooting really well against the Tar Heels? How do they respond now that they're playing a legitimate Wisconsin defense? going to be interesting to see. Again, I apologize that I could not get you uh, the information about the um the upcoming opponent, because I know by the time this episode airs, everybody's going to already know. So, all right, we're going to move along here. We're going to talk about SEC bowl matchups for a little bit. Going to talk about what we should expect out of these six different SEC teams that are going to head to the bowl, or head to a bowl, excuse me. Apologies to Vanderbilt. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. Today's show brought to you by NetSuite. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head to netsuite.com locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com locked. All right, so continuing along here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all platforms. Very soon, we are going to be coming to YouTube. Our SEC East Bowl matchups. We've got six of them. Again, apologies to Vanderbilt. Uh, we are going to go through them just quickly, just to kind of give you guys an idea of what each team is going to be looking uh, for in each matchup. Most or the uh, closest matchup is actually this Wednesday. Missouri is going to be taking on Army. Uh, Army is a four and a half point favorite. Army, I believe, on the year eight and four, as opposed to Missouri six and six. The reason that the uh, the the, uh, the the Black Knights are favored 
in this game is because of the running attack, obviously does, it's a triple option team, as opposed to Missouri's rush defense. Uh, Missouri's rush defense, I believe, finished 12th or 13th in the SEC, if I'm not mistaken. It's very, It's been very, very porous uh, for, the, for the Tigers so far this season at one point, or actually for the majority of the season, uh, they were ranked either next to last or last in rushing yards allowed per game. It was just, it was absolutely ridiculous what the, the, the Tigers were giving up uh, on the ground, they're giving up about 229.3 rushing yards per game, and Army averages 286. That is not a good matchup for Missouri. I I, uh, I've, I bid them well. I hope they do well, but they're probably going to get run over. So moving along here uh, in the Gasparilla Bowl, Florida 6-6 six and six, taking on UCF. Uh, Gus Malzahn in year one with UCF, they've had a lot of injury issues, and it's been kind of disappointing to see, you know, the way that the, the not necessarily the program's falling apart, but the, the season has not gone the way that I think Knights fans thought it would, especially with the quarterback position, obviously losing Dillian Gabriel to injury and then eventually losing him to the transfer portal. Mikey Keene has been the guy that has, uh, has been the, the uh, next man up in that quarterback room, has 16 touchdowns, six interceptions, 63.6 completion percentage. Uh, he's, he's not going to necessarily lose you a game, but he's certainly not been explosive so far this year. Meanwhile, on the other side with Florida, uh, as, most, as most SEC fans know, Billy Napier, the new head coach, not going to be coaching in this game. But Emory Jones, the quarterback, is uh, did announce just a few days ago that he is going to enter to the transfer portal but he is not going to do it before the bowl game ends, which is just really weird that he decided, oh, well, I'm going to go ahead and announce that I'm transferring, but I'm going to stick it out for this bowl game. But just to let you guys know, I'm not coming back. So uh, give the effort that you feel like giving around me. If you want to protect me, that's cool. But just know I'm not going to be there for you to, next year, if you choose to stay. stay. Sorry. Uh, Florida is a six and a half point favorite in this game. Honestly, I'd probably take them to cover that if UCF's offense is not being uh, is not able to get it going. And I know that they gave up, Florida did, gave up what? 50-ish points to Samford just a few short weeks ago, but I think this team is still fighting for something, and I don't know if UCF is necessarily ready to uh, to handle that. UNC versus South Carolina, Duke's Mayo Bowl. This one's probably going to be a blowout. Uh, South Carolina, obviously, they've dealt with quarterback issues this entire season. Zeb Noland, Zabulia Noland, is expected to start this game for the uh, for the Gamecocks. They're going to go up against a, a North Carolina team that still knows, despite uh, despite the poor showing this season, they still know how to score points, averaging 36.4 points per game. Sam Howell still there, tossed 23 touchdowns this season. He's also been a legitimate running threat, has 825 rushing yards, which I would have never guessed after seeing his first two years with the Tar Heels. Well, not never guessed, but I just, I just, you don't see that often where guys kind of transition from being a pocket passer early on in their career to just kind of slowly developing into a guy that can definitely pick up some yardage on the ground. Like you look at his, his, uh, his uh, statistics in year one, he had 35 rushing yards and 2020 at 146. I mean, I just did not expect it. It, it kind of came out of nowhere, but yeah, I expect North Carolina to trounce South Carolina in this game. Uh, again, this is not this is not necessarily predictions. I'm just there. I'm just previewing, but I'm just giving your thought, uh, giving my thoughts on it to you. I, I don't think that South Carolina is going to be able to keep up. It's just too much offense from UNC. And honestly, while that defense for UNC has not been phenomenal uh, this season, giving up thirty over thirty one points a game, I. South Carolina ain't got the dudes. I mean, I know it's an SEC roster. They ain't got the dudes. I'm sorry. All right, moving along here. Tennessee and Purdue. This is an interesting matchup. Both teams scoring a lot of points. Tennessee favored by four and a half in this one. 
according to Bet Online. Uh, Purdue. Uh, has had a very interesting season. They've lost to teams like uh, like Minnesota and Wisconsin, but they've beaten teams like Michigan State and Iowa. Uh, they also lost to Notre Dame early on in the season. They've been uh, a weird team to try and figure out. Uh, and uh, honestly, I definitely, th- I, or honestly, I think that Tennessee is like a better version of Purdue, even though Tennessee's not necessarily beaten anybody impressive. Uh, so far this season, I think they're a better version of the fact that they kind of they, they throw the ball around and they score points. And uh, and, and I think that the, the the caliber of player on their roster uh, on Tennessee's roster is a little bit better than uh, Purdue. So that's the Music City Bowl. That's December 30th. I think if I had to pick, I'd pick Tennessee in that game. Uh, moving along here, let's take a look. Iowa and Kentucky, we've broken down this matchup already on this on this show. We've done a podcast on it. We're going to do another one whenever it gets closer. This game's on January 1st, just a couple of, uh, couple of weeks away from this matchup. Iowa uh, does not have any offense to speak of whatsoever. They have relied on turnovers a lot this season to the point where it's like, okay, it's very evident whenever this when this team doesn't get turnovers, they don't win games. It's very important with this Iowa team field position and and margin of field position, right? Where you start on the field for Iowa, that's the only way that they've scored points: creating turnovers, getting short fields, and kicking field goals. Uh, because their offense has had a really really hard time getting it in the end zone, scoring a little under twenty four points a game, I believe, are the Hawkeyes. And look. I know Kentucky at times this season has been prone to turn the ball over, but if they don't in this game, I think they're going to route them. Also, worthy to note, something that was not in that preview podcast we did just a week or two ago uh, between Iowa and Kentucky, something that I did that didn't exist at the time, but it's news we now know now. Uh, Tyler Goodson, the Iowa running back, he has opted out of the bowl, so there is arguably their best offensive player on a team that averages under 24 points a game, stepping away. So, there you go. Kentucky, by the way, it opened, according to Bet Online. The, the line opened in favor of Iowa by one point. It is now swung in Kentucky's favor. Kentucky is now favored by three. And I'm going to be honest with you. You look on ESPN's Bowl Mania. I can't remember the percentage, but most people are picking Iowa to win this game. I don't see it. I just straight up don't see it. And that is not bias. That is me just looking at the stats, looking at the way these teams play and saying, okay, if Kentucky doesn't turn the ball over, they are probably going to win this game by a lot because Iowa's got nothing on offense to uh, to show that they have a legitimate chance in this game. All right, final matchup here. It's a college football playoff matchup. Georgia taking on Michigan. It's going to be awesome, going to be incredible. Michigan, uh, or excuse me, Georgia is favored to win this game by eight. Uh, going to be honest with you, I think these are two very similar teams in the way that they like to operate. They have, I wouldn't necessarily call Stetson Bender or Cade McNamara game managers uh, per se, um, but I certainly think that they are of game manager caliber, or at least they have been at times this season. So very similar uh, situation at the quarterback position. Uh, I think they both really, really love to run the ball. That's kind of the identity of their offense. Georgia averaging, averaging, uh, let's see, 194 rushing yards per game. Michigan averaging a little over 220 rushing yards per game. Both these teams like to uh, run the football. Georgia has been a little bit more explosive in the passing game, but I would like to think 
that this Michigan defense giving up only 16 points per game is going to be able to handle their own. Speaking of defense, Georgia's defense uh, was considered to be one of the best in the country, if not one of the best all time, at least dating back to like the 1980s, statistically at least. Um, but they uh, they got their lunch taken from them in the SEC championship game. How do they respond? How do they bounce back against a Michigan team that I think from a recruiting standpoint is just a little bit less talented than but certainly based on the momentum they have, I think they can definitely uh, give uh, the Bulldogs a run for their money. All right, so that's a look at the SEC East Bowl matchups. We're going to talk about the SEC West, I believe, later on in this week. And for now, actually, to wrap things up, we're going to talk about Kentucky in the AP Top 25, Kentucky basketball, that is, in the AP Top 25. Going to talk about whether or not Kentucky's being given a fair shake because I think there are a couple of teams that are ahead of them that don't necessarily deserve, I guess, to be there. We'll talk about that in just a second. Today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. I've been telling you guys about Prize Picks for quite some time now, and if you still haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? In addition to all the college football action, Prize Picks makes college basketball more exciting. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world. They offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have ever even heard of. They also offer any prop you can think of. So in basketball, you could play points, you could play rebounds, assists, threes made, and more. All of the users that deposit using promo code LOCKEDON will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, just be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON when you make a deposit. You can pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks also allows mixed sport entries, which means you could take the over on Joel Embiid, combined with the under on Aaron Rodgers in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. PrizePix is safe and uh, offers fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate, guys. Check out prizepix.com today and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app. PrizePix, daily fantasy made easy. All right, so wrapping up the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everybody again that we are free and available on all platforms, and if you would do so, please subscribe so that uh, so that you get notified whenever the next episode of Locked On Kentucky comes out. All right, so we're going to get to the AP Top 25, and then we actually have some breaking news here about Kentucky's opponent. We're going to go ahead and talk about that as we wrap some uh, wrap up the uh, t- the uh, Tuesday edition of the uh, of the show. All right, so the uh, Associated Press Top 25 came out yesterday, and uh, Kentucky moved up one spot after beating North Carolina eight and two. North Carolina by 29 points. Kentucky moved up one spot. And uh, you take a look at some of the teams around them. Tennessee uh, is right above them at number 19. Kentucky, obviously, at 20. Colorado State moved up two spots, did not play a game. So so the, not, not even a power six program in Colorado State, 10-0, and 0, moved up two spots after literally doing nothing. Uh, and uh, they're right behind Kentucky. Uh, let's see here. Xavier at 11-1 and 1, moved up four spots after beating Marquette by nine. And in case you're wondering, Marquette currently eight and four on the season, and that right there is what I don't understand. And that's kind of what I want what I wanted to talk about here, just briefly, is that Kentucky just went and beat an eight and two uh, North Carolina squad, uh, ranked in the top forty according to Ken Palm, and then Marquette, who was eight and four, 
catches a loss against Xavier, and Xavier gets thrown all the way up there. By the way, Ken Palm has uh, Xavier ranked 23rd, uh, and he has uh, he has Kentucky ranked 14th. It's uh, There's just a wide discrepancy there, I think, statistically, and then from a strength of schedule standpoint between Kentucky and Xavier, and even, like, well, you look at Tennessee, I mean, they, they blew out North Carolina earlier this year, and what else have they done? Uh, from a ranked win standpoint, I mean, they've not really done anything, and that's kind of my point, is Kentucky, while they've not gotten a ranked win, I mean, they they blew out North Carolina. Why aren't they moving up? I think they should at least be tied, they should be at least 17th or 18th in the poll. They they should not have moved up just one spot after beating one of their, their rivals, one of the blue bloods in college football by, or excuse me, college basketball, geez, uh, by by 29 points. So that was that was my, my, my take on that, and Breaking news here, uh, out of out of Kentucky, Western Kentucky is going to be the uh, team that uh, that Kentucky plays. And this was what I was just saying a little bit ago: is that I would love to see this matchup because Western Kentucky has a uh, a player that is seven foot five, Jamarian Sharp, seven foot five, two hundred and thirty five pound center, uh, and he is absolutely in. Insane, absolutely insane. Really fun to watch. Uh, Western Kentucky eight and four on the season right now. You look at some of Sharp's numbers. He's averaging eight point two re- or points per game, seven point eight rebounds per game. Look at the blocks though, four point eight blocks per game for Jamarian Sharp. Four point eight. That's fifty eight blocks over the course of twelve games for Jamarian Sharp. His uh, his block percentage. Uh, 19.7%. Wouldn't you guess it? First nationally <laughs> for for the uh, for the um, for the seven foot five kid out of Western Kentucky. I think this matchup is going to be fun to watch simply for that reason alone. And no disrespect to Western Kentucky and their other players. I mean, they're averaging almost 80 points per game for a reason. Davian McKnight, their uh, point guard, averaging 14 points per game. Cameron Justice, their shooting guard, averaging 13 points per game. I mean, they've got really solid guard plays statistically, but like it's going to be really fun to watch Demarion Sharp and that's going to be the storyline in this matchup how does Western or how does Kentucky handle Jamarian Sharp we're obviously going to break that down uh, on tomorrow's show we're going to take a deep dive in this team but just to quickly look at some of the things that make them make them a solid basketball team they're in the top 100 and adjusted efficiency both offensively and defensively they don't put teams on the foul line uh, according to uh, Ken Palm and obviously that block percentage really really high uh, and they also shoot offensively. They shoot a decent number both from two and from three. So this could be an interesting uh, interesting opponent. They've lost to Buffalo. They've lost to, lost to Memphis. They've lost to South Carolina. They've lost to Minnesota. They have got two quad two wins, or quad one with wins, excuse me, uh, on their, on, on their uh, resume, though, over Ole Miss and then over Louisville, actually, just this past weekend on Saturday. So that's, uh, that's going to be Kentucky's opponent. Going to be really fun to watch Demarion Sharp, see what he does against this Kentucky Wildcats team. Um, will Kentucky be able to handle his size? I don't know. We're just going to have to see. We are just going to have to wait and see. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow me on Twitter at Pound. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. I will see you all tomorrow. We're going to be previewing Western Kentucky versus Kentucky. It's going to be really fun. All right, see you all tomorrow. Go Wildcats, and God bless.